hair that I had, uh, but I also saw the, the gray hair that he had as well. Uh, but we've all aged a little bit in different ways, uh, some growing up, some going gray, uh, but it is great to be back with you all this evening. And we've been greatly blessed down uh, in Barrie, and we've just finalized uh, with the purchase of a building just down the road, just about 100 meters uh, down the road, which we'll be using more for our youth center. And Lord willing, we'll be starting up our youth club once again uh, this autumn. But they were able to use the building uh, for our Christianity Explored Away Day this morning. And we've had uh, about 10, 10 individuals going through that over the last two months. And three ladies have already made a profession of faith. And so that's been exciting just to see what God is doing in their lives. Uh, and any time that happens, all of a sudden there's also excitement throughout the church. Uh, just seeing lives changed, and we're very grateful just for our time here and just what you have poured into us uh, just in that first year and really going down there and seeing what God uh, has continued to do down there. And it's great just coming back here and seeing new faces up here. Uh, and so it's always a great blessing. But at this time, we'll go ahead and go to uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, and we'll be looking at this passage, a familiar passage, probably many may have memorized uh, some of the verses, but when you stop and think tonight, why did you come tonight? Why did you gather together this evening? There'd probably be a lot of different answers, a lot of different of this is why I came Maybe it was for the biscuits and uh, tea afterwards. Maybe it was, well, maybe you were thinking Pastor Darren would be here. Maybe it was for other things. Maybe you came just to hear God's word preached. But as we stop and think about why we gather together, as we look into God's word, there is an element, yes, for myself to grow in my faith. But there's also an element that ought to be to consider one another, to provoke unto love and good works. And as we stop and think about this passage, we'll be looking at it in Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 19, many people attend a church like they attend a restaurant. Think about that. Why do you go to a restaurant? I'm hungry and I want to be filled up. It's all about filling my desires. But why do you stop going to a restaurant? Well, it may not have met your expectations. It may not have filled you up. It may not have, the service may not have been good enough or you know what? It just wasn't the quality for what I was paying for, right? And so we stopped going to the restaurant. But do you know the people that most frequent the restaurant? It's the people that put the apron on. The ones that put the uniform on. And as we look into God's Word here in Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 19, it says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness, to enter in the holy 
by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, as the writer here of Hebrews is writing to them, really he's writing to a group of Jews that were scattered around who had become followers of Jesus Christ. But all of a sudden, many of them were questioning following after Jesus. Many of them were wondering, is it worth it following Jesus? You know what? Back when we followed Judaism, life was easy. The Jews loved us. The Romans, there was a, an exemption, a, a religious liberty given to the Jews. As long as you follow your way and you don't cause us problems, you know what? We'll let you worship how you want to worship. And the Romans allowed the Jews. Most countries, they forced their religion on them, but not the Jews. The Jews revolted enough. The Jews fought back enough, and they said, okay, we'll keep the peace. You worship how you want. But all of a sudden, these Jews who had become followers of Jesus... They were almost caught in the crossfires now. They did not have the religious liberty from the Romans. Neither did the Jews like them either. So now they were being attacked from both sides and wondering, is it worth it? And that's why the writer all throughout the book of Hebrews is pointing out how Jesus is better. Better than the angels, better than Moses, better than Joshua, better than the temple, better than the uh, priests, better than the sacrifices. All of those things, they were pointing towards Jesus and how Jesus is the fulfillment of all of that. And so as he's coming into Hebrews chapter 10, and as we looked at those few verses, verse 19 uh, through verse 23, he's speaking about through Jesus Christ, we have access into the very presence, the holiest place. Now, for the Jews, under Judaism, it was only the high priest that could enter into the holiest place once a year. But the writer is reminding, as followers of Jesus, it's not just entering into part of a temple, but we can actually enter into the very presence of God. Through Jesus Christ. And then he goes on and he speaks about let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, he says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And really, as we look at this passage, there's two elements, I would say, 
that we gather together. One is holding fast the profession of our faith, and the other, as we'll look at in just a moment, is the considering one another to provoke unto love and good works. Now, most people, we recognize we gather together to hold fast the profession of our faith, to be encouraged to follow after Jesus, to go deeper into God's Word. And those are important, and we ought to. But as I look back and mention about the restaurant mentality, how many people have stopped attending churches because they said they didn't feel like they were getting fed? They attended as if it was a restaurant, and they expected the pastor to serve everything on a platter. And if it wasn't delivered just right, well, I'll go find another place. But what I'd like to emphasize more, because I'm sure most of us gathering together, we think about the confession of our faith. I want to emphasize more on that considering one another. To provoke unto love and good works. Now, growing up, I, I was taught that verse, verse 25, memorized it, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. But looking back in all of the times that I heard that verse, I don't really remember, maybe it's my memory, I don't remember verse 24 connected with 25 very often. And yet, that is one combined thought together. Many times people would say you should not forsake assembling together because you need to be encouraged. There's a truth element to that, but that's not what this part is talking about. You see, if we attend church only for ourselves, what is that? Who is that centered around? Self. Selfishness. And as we look into this, we'll actually find that we can wrap selfishness with good things and make it look all right. But when we come and we look out, how can I be a blessing to somebody else today? Really, that is what this verse is speaking about. Now, when we think about believing in Jesus Christ and learning and growing in our faith in Jesus Christ, we can do that all right on our own. We could sit at home, and I know some are watching online, maybe they're because they're not able to come out, uh, for illness or whatever it might be. But if we stay at home and watch, we can continue to grow in our knowledge about Jesus Christ. We can study the Word of God. And our belief in Jesus Christ can continue to grow. 
But what I have found is my becoming more like Jesus Christ will suffer. What do I mean by that? The root of selfishness and pride is really the root for every sin. And when I am all alone, I don't think I'm very selfish, do I? When you're all alone, do you feel very selfish? No. And one of the ways to reveal selfishness is by getting together with other people, right? And all of a sudden, well, for a single person, they start dating. They're not selfish. Everything they do, they're thinking about the other person, right? They're wanting to please the other person. And then what happens? They get married, and then all of a sudden the selfishness is revealed. But of course, it's not in the mirror, is it? It's always in the other person. But if we backtrack and considering the dating part, why do we do things for the other person to please the other person? To get the other person, right? So in a sense, in pleasing the other person, many times we're doing it for ourselves so that we receive a greater benefit. And then as we grow in our marriage, selfishness is revealed. When we try to work it out and sort it out, then along comes children. And then we really see selfishness, right? But it's not just in the children. It's in me, right? I just want to have a time alone to myself. I just want peace and quiet. And it's when we gather together, that is when the selfishness is more visible. But as we think about this verse, in verse 24, it says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Now, if you were to read on to the end of the chapter, really he talks about those that have drifted away. And the dangers of those that have left the faith. And really what he's saying is, it is our responsibility to look out for one another, to encourage them, to consider them, and to encourage them in following Jesus Christ. Now as we think about the word provoke, when you hear the word about provoking, what comes to your mind? You know, they were just provoking me. They were just stirring things up. Most of the time, if it's in a family setting, it's being stirred up into arguments, right? But he's talking about stirring up and provoking unto love and good works. When it mentions there about consider one another, what does it mean to consider? It means to stop and take thought. 
to think about. We often may, we may use the word to be considerate. That's thinking about the other person. Thinking about what they're going through. Thinking about the life troubles. The struggles. And coming back to when we think about church, really, it's not just church that we attend. We are the church. If we are followers of Jesus Christ, we are the church, the assembly of Jesus. But as we gather together, there, yes, there is an element of listening and hearing from the preacher. But who does the preacher come for? For self or for others? We recognize the preacher comes here to feed others, to encourage others. But yet that's not the only or the only for the preacher. Everybody that comes and gathers together ought to be looking out and considering others. It's not just expecting something to be laid out on a platter. But every one of us puts the uniform on, if you will, and serves one another, considering one another. And then that's when you see the love and the good works at full display. Now, as you stop and think about differences, are we different within the church? Absolutely. As I look out, there's lots of different ages, from young to old, probably different preferences, maybe different sports teams or even sports that you like. Many different differences. But coming back to the New Testament church, those differences were so drastic as well. The church was made up of Jews and Gentiles which were completely culturally different from one another. Just to put in a little perspective of what it would have been like for a Jew to enter into a Gentile's home. It was forbidden for the Jews to enter into a Gentile's home. But could you imagine somebody in the church who has come from a culture where they loved eating horse and cat? And they were inviting you over for dinner. What would your thoughts be? And yet, for the Jews, going over to a Gentile's house who ate pig, it would have been that same way. It wasn't just that the law forbid it, but why do we still not eat horse? Well, it was forbidden in the Old Testament, just somehow pig slipped through. And we like pig now. But they had to get along with each other and put aside differences for something greater. When we think there was slaves and slave owners, and yet we find in the scriptures how they're to treat one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Economically, they were vastly different. And yet they had to begin considering one another. 
And this is where the difference about believing in Jesus and becoming like Jesus. We can believe so much about Jesus. So many times we don't actually start becoming more like Jesus until we're around people that are nothing like us and how we treat those people. Now as we think about this thought, about considering one another, to provoke unto love and to good works, we live in a society that says, well, I have a right to do it, right? You can't tell me not to do it. This is my preference, and I am encouraged to live out my feelings and my preferences. And we live in probably the most individualistic society that there ever was. You can choose to listen to your music while your co-worker listens to their music. And everybody can just put in their own earbuds and listen to their thing. They say that uh, young people going off to university are struggling because most of them grow up having their own room and then going off to university where they might have to share a room with somebody else. They don't know how to do that. We live in such a self-centered, like everything is about me. But as followers of Jesus, Paul, when he wrote to 1 Corinthians, or the church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse 19 through verse 23, Paul says, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews, to them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law, to them that are without law as without law, being not without law to God, but unto the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means Save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. What is Paul saying here? He's saying, I have a right to do as I please with the freedom of Christ. But with my rights, I have given those up. I have lost my rights to gain others. When we consider about gathering together, well, when you look at a picture, who do you look at first? If it's a group picture that you're in it, your eye is always drawn to yourself first. And whether we're deciding between five different shots of the same group of people, we're always going to be looking at which picture do I look the best in, right? Never considering how everybody else looks. And everybody else may look awful, but as long as I look good, that's the picture I want. 
And we are so consumed with self. And yet self is the root of sin. And what Paul is saying is I am willing to give up my rights, lose my rights to win people, to gain people. And he says there at the very end, and this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. He's saying, I would rather give up my rights for a greater cause because there is a cause greater than my own preferences. And that is to reach other people for the gospel's sake. But really what he's saying is, I have rights and freedoms in Christ, but out of a desire to be like Christ, I will give up my rights. Now, we all know this. If you're married, if you win the argument, who wins? No one. If you win the argument, you lose, right? Because as you win the argument, you lost the relationship. And if you lost the relationship, you lose. But there is an element of losing the argument to win the relationship, and you win, right? But we still fight to win the argument, don't we? Now, here's the thing. When it comes to gathering together as a church, there are times that we allow and even cater to selfishness. Within churches, whether it's dividing up into groups, or whether it's music preferences, we cater to certain things. Some churches will have a contemporary service, and then they'll have a traditional service. And if you like traditional, go to the traditional. If you like contemporary, go to the contemporary. But what is that doing? You go to the, what you like to be around the people that are most like you. But that is all centered around self. But yet when we consider becoming like Jesus Christ, it is looking out at other people and considering, what would they like? We've been going through uh, speaking about the church, and I preached this message at our church last week, and I mentioned to them very openly, how many of you have we ever sang a song in a certain way or a certain song that was not your preference? There's a lot of hands that went up. Most hands went up. Some weeks we'll have some slower music, some weeks it'll be faster music. Some weeks it'll be newer. Some weeks it'll be older. Well, we try to mix it up in the same service, new and old in the same service. And I reminded them, singing a song that is not our first preference, but it is somebody else's favorite song, 
you can actually help us to become more like Jesus. Because it's considering somebody else. To consider is to think about, to esteem others better than ourselves. In fact, when we stop and think about the scriptures and what we're commanded about one another's, we are commanded to love one another as Jesus has loved us. Honor one another. Be in harmony with one another. Build up one another. To be like-minded. To admonish one another. To care for one another. To serve one another. Forgive one another. Bear burdens of one another. Submit to one another. Be patient with one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Esteem others better than ourselves. Look to the interests of one another. Comfort one another. Exhort one another. Be hospitable to one another. Confess your faults with one another. And as you go throughout the New Testament, it's about looking out and caring for others. And to consider one another is to enter into the world of others. Even when we consider about groups, it's very easy to just gather together with people most like us. But it's lovely to look out and to see every age from young to old. Because even within a service, we can grow to become more like Jesus Christ. Because an older person is going through different struggles in life. Maybe health, it might be with their children, whatever it might be. But then a younger person is going through struggles. And as the older Look at the younger, not just consumed about their own struggles, but when you look out and look at the struggles that other people are facing, we can recognize, you know what? Me, the people that are just like me are not the only ones that are going through struggles. Every person, every individual, every generation has their own unique struggles. Some churches may not like children making a little bit of noises. Now, I know this church doesn't mind because I had children when I was here. And they sat back there and they made a lot of noise. And that's the future of the church. And there is a recognition of considering rather than glaring, but considering. We're thankful that they're here. And how can I be an encouragement to them? And as we gather together, different ages, different personalities, we can consider one another and to become more like Jesus. The passage in Luke chapter 6, in fact, Jesus is speaking out and he mentions in verse 27, but I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. But he goes on in verse 32, For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. He says, who cares if you do good to those people that do good to you? The person that you despise the most, they do that. He goes on, and if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? 
For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love you, your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. He's saying, if we just surround people with people just like us, that's no different than anybody else in the world. But one of the most beautiful things about the church, it is made up of people from every different generation, from different backgrounds, all surrounded because of Jesus Christ, united in Jesus Christ, and we come together in unity and harmony to encourage one another. And even if somebody doesn't does something that's not very nice to me, or does something that isn't my preference, I can still love them just as God loves. And he says, when we do this, when we love even our enemies, he says, it is then that you become and look like the children of the highest. He says, be therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. Jesus came into a world of people, nothing like him. And he did not come into this world to be served. He came to serve. And he gave his life for us. And believing in Jesus is not all that he commands or desires. But as we believe in Jesus, that is the gateway to becoming like Jesus. And he wants to go beyond just believing in Jesus, but also to become like Jesus. And to consider others. And in order to consider others, it will be giving up of myself, giving up of my rights, giving up of my desires to enter into the lives and the worlds of others, to encourage them in their walk toward Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 8, verse 34 to be a follower of Jesus, Jesus says, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. Really? To be a follower of Jesus is to be a denier of self. And when we think about these verses in Hebrews chapter 10, yes, we come to church to hear from God's word, to learn and to grow. 
But it is also a time, whether it is gathering together on a Sunday or whether it's gathering together in when you go to somebody's house. It's not just to see what I can get out of it. But it is to gather together to consider others. To provoke and stir up love and good works. And then as it mentioned, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The day of Christ's return is approaching. And we need, yes, we need to be encouraged. But the question really comes when we gather together, who are you encouraging? When you walk through the door on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening or a Wednesday or a Friday or whatever time it might be, it's not entering in to see what am I going to get out of the service tonight? But it ought to be, who can I bless tonight? Who can I encourage tonight? It should not be, nobody shook my hand. But it should be, whose hand did I shake today? It's not, oh, I didn't get my favorite song today. But hey, somebody else got their favorite song today. And it is considering others. In order to consider others, it also means to listen more than to talk. Might mean to ask questions more than making statements. Because it's trying to find out about others. Wasn't long ago, a couple weeks ago I think it was, uh, and gathering together, and a man asked me, how are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm doing good. And then he says, now how are you really doing? And you know, when somebody asks you how you're doing, we all give that flippant, fast response, life is good. But then when a person asks you the second time, then you know, hey, they're really wanting to know. They're wanting to enter into my world. You know, the sad thing is, and I find myself in the same way, I don't take that second thought or this extra little time to stop for a moment to enter deeper into a person's world. And the truth is, for many, there is a lot more going on behind the face. But how much do we actually stop to consider one another, to provoke unto love and good works, and to exhort one another. As you come on a Sunday, whatever day it is, and you walk through the door, yes, it is to learn and grow, but consider further. Look out. Who can I be a blessing not just in my age bracket or just my people that I always see, but let me branch out to enter into somebody else's world. Even as we close in just a moment, the service, the official service, will end. But church continues on. 
in one sense, we gathered together in this room, but church continues on in the next room over right afterwards, right? Where we enter into one another's lives, encouraging one another, listening to one another. And that is church just as this is church because we are the church to learn and grow and to encourage one another to follow after Jesus in a greater way. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your love and your mercy, for calling us to follow after you. But Lord, many times our selfishness continues to rise up and we are consumed with self. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to become more like you, to serve and not be served. To consider others rather than just being consumed for ourselves. Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us to become more like you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, we'll go ahead and sing our final song, Pass Me Not.
Anfang mit dem Himmel. There are so many I need the words of that Himmel. But yet I'm letting you pass them by. Oh, Heavenly Father, as we go into this week, may we take the words of our message with us, each and every one of us, that we consider one another, that we show your love for one another, that we draw one another together. And all joy it is to have this wonderful fellowship, one with another. But may this fellowship be reflected and taken into this coming week. We ask these things in and through the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ.